0: And she said what's in the box and then they said to be continued if this was not an episode of saved by the bell I want my money back baby
1: hi Emily hi
0: Kayla and
1: and our first ever guest on don't insult my intelligence podcast we have our good friend who I guess to smite us, grew a mustache, but hi, Sean.
2: Hello, it is local, local wean in the house, <laughs> ready to go. Local to ween.
1: Local wean resident, straight guy, bachelor correspondent that you should I'm update honored. your email signature.
2: Now I'll put it on my Instagram bio, I'll update the LinkedIn as soon as this airs.
1: All right. Well, we're so excited to have you here, Sean. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been watching The Bachelor?
2: Let's see. I think I, what did you say? You started when Ari's season, right? yeah that was also my first season and i have watched every every second of it since i got every
1: every train wreck since
2: i saw claire's first engagement all the way through her second
1: you mean the first engagement that we're pretending simply didn't happen
2: yeah I i think we can just kind of gloss over winter games
1: that's kind of super fan shit right there to be like she's from winter games like jesus christ
0: how much bachelor do you watch sir That's like being like Jennifer Lawrence from The Winter's Bone. From House (laughs) at the End of the Street. You're like, are you sure? Is that your final answer? That that's what she's from? I respect it. Because I was like, Claire who? I had no idea.
1: Well, Sean, we're very excited to have you. And prior to recording, you had mentioned that you and two friends have started a Bachelor Fantasy League. Tell us us more about that. What does that entail?
2: we did not have to create our own there are they exist but
1: none
2: none, none are good enough so it's simple there was, there was 12 people left and there's three of us. So we each drafted four of the men and you get a point for every rose they get, not in a rose ceremony. So for example, on a one-on-one date or on a group date, if they get sent home in a way that's not a normal rose ceremony, they lose a point. So what we're about to see coming up, is going to be a negative point for somebody, and then you get one point for fourth place, two points for third, three for second and six for first. Tonight, you know, we've two points got tossed out. We got a, a point for Zach. And a point for Ben, a big fat negative point, for easy, My team is garbage. I was I was riding the Ivan train last week. I'm banking I'm, on Final Four. I'm not going to get more one-on-one dates from him, probably. So I don't know.
1: No, but I'm so, banking on Final Four for you. I think that you have that. So the first note that I have for the entire episode is that I would die for JoJo. That's the first thing that I wrote down. Come My note in. said JoJo is here, smiley face. You didn't come in until an hour and 44 minutes into the episode, really. Like she did nothing for three quarters of the episode, but I was just happy to have her there. And I feel like no, you have had a lot
2: of disagreements on Chris Harrison.
1: Are you not a Chris Harrison guy.
2: It goes back and forth. I feel like he's a joke, but I think he's in on it now. So I've been getting, you know, I've been finding him funny but I find him to be a little bit skeevy. I think he did declare a little bit dirty.
1: Yeah, but I don't know that it's him so much as it's editing and production. Like, I don't think Chris Harrison edits every episode single-handedly, you know? you know. I,
2: I, I, agree. I doubt it.
1: <laughs> also, that's so mature of Sean to be drinking water during this. I can't <laughs> believe that. My organs
0: right now are raisins, dude. They're like, please! And Sean's organs are like, we're flourishing.
1: What I'm noticing is like, the more you watch the show, you kind of notice the people that like production likes because they'll be the people that kind of like narrate the events of what's happening. They'll talk to the rest of the group and be like, so this is what's going on. See, for a while it was easy and that makes sense because easy's likable, but now it's Bennett. And I don't know if that's because production likes him and made him the narrator or if it's because Bennett made himself the narrator. He's basically the voice of every
0: episode. I feel like he's like, this is what's happening, but it's like, okay, but this is the Bennett perspective. The
1: Bennett
2: which think. I think what we're learning is I I would say a warped, a warped perspective.
1: I would not say that he's a reliable narrator. There's going to be three dates this week, two one-on-ones and a group date. And all the guys, you can tell from the second JoJo walks in, you can tell the guys that have never watched this franchise before because she walks in and all of them look like they have just seen like an ethereal earth angel, which don't get me wrong, they have.
2: But they like afraid. You- They said, Tayshia, Tayshia left the show. This is your new bachelorette, JoJo. <laughs>
1: it became very clear in that moment whose mom signed them up for the show because they had no idea that this woman had once been on screen. So we find out that Zach C slash Nick Vile's cousin gets the first (laughs) one-on-one date I like won't let it go there has to be some kind of genealogical connection like they're the same
0: person in mind and spirit
1: I love Nick Vile so so much and I thought he was a wonderful lead but Zaxi is like Nick V if he had like a more interesting life
0: Nick was like (laughs) I exist and they were like you're the bachelor
1: you almost proposed four times on this show so I guess you can be the lead now so yeah he gets the first one-on-one which is one of my least favorite dates, it's happened, speaking of Nick V, it happened on his season. It's one of my least favorite dates ever. It's when they weirdly take wedding photos.
2: This one was particularly bad, I thought, because I, I spent the entire time wondering, does Zach know that taisha has been married? Which we then learned he did not know. But then we learned that the whole time Zach's been thinking, did they know that I was married and we did not? It was
0: single date, double the trauma. We're watching these two people who are like, we don't want to take wedding pictures. And they're like, you must. I love a fun suit. I mean, Zach later on in the date has a lot of fun suits, but... It was so
1: weird for both of them. I also think though it does speak decently to their connection that they both were feeling so uncomfortable and like they had this kind of weird thing that they didn't want to talk about and they still had a good time. Okay, I know that the first episode of this podcast people joked that my audio was terrible and that I recorded on a toaster oven. The pictures look like they were taken on a toaster oven and then put into picnic. What is this light leak on them? They could have hired any 16 year old girl on Instagram to come take and edit these photos. I don't know what was going on. It looks like when you take a live photo on your iPhone and you try to make the key photo something that wasn't the actual photo (laughs) that got taken. So it's just like slightly blurry and off kilter.
0: And this happens again later. I feel like this
1: whole episode was edited on an iPhone 4. Then we move into a picnic portion of the date, which is it's post pictures pre-dinner. So Zaxi is really getting some time here. They both revealed that they've been previously married. Tasha says that her marriage was just under two years. He says that his marriage was about a year. He kind of goes into a little bit of his life story where he says that he, at age 23, developed a brain tumor. Afterward, he developed a drug addiction due to like the prescription med painkillers he'd been taking as a result of his tumor and his surgery. You know, when he recovered, he decided to get married. And then one of my favorite things about Zach happens where he... Tells Tasha before he even gets into the story about his ex-wife, he says, I need to start with she did nothing wrong, which is something that we so rarely get, not even just from men, from exes in general.
0: I've never in my life, I can guarantee you, none of my exes have ever said she did nothing wrong. <laughs> there's a few reasons for that but mostly it's that they were (laughs) immature and I've never done anything wrong and I'm perfect but I think men owning up to their mistakes and being like the person I was with was not the problem the problem was me is something we don't see not only on the show but ever what we see is people being like well you know i did a shitty thing but it's cuz that person did a shitty thing first and it's like
1: okay i mean i guess the end of his little his little story is that he Uh, marries his girlfriend and after about a year he gets a DUI she leaves him and for the eight months after his DUI he starts to talk about being in a really dark place like suicidal thoughts stuff like that his kind of breaking point was that he tried to pass a check of his dad and the bank teller who he refers to as his guardian angel called his dad and explained that he was there and he says that he just kind of had this wake-up call and he went to rehab for four and a half months and now he is on the board of that rehab
0: Zach C for me everybody has really liked since the beginning and I was like what is he like who is he I didn't know who he was I was like he's here but what's his story and hearing that was it was refreshing to know that he was like a person and he had gone through things and he's grown so much and he's like proud of where he came from I mean he said he was like it's the best journey yeah. I could have gone through and I appreciate that about him and I appreciate that he shared it and that he was honest again on this season being like oh they're talking about things that happened not just like
2: I don't know how to
0: tell you how I feel.
2: We get more of that too later with Ben on his date. I just feel like in general, this entire season, all the guys have like much, I don't want to like, it's weird to like qualify their history is the trauma story. they have like they have, like, they, have they're, they have better traumas I guess I Oh
0: well, right like, and they're, I, like,
2: they're like I empathize more with these traumas well,
0: one of the issues I have with the show is when they're like you have to cry to be liked you have to cry to be understood and I've always hated that because I'm like not everyone has to have a sob story to be a person but yeah. I do think it like has humanized the guys on this season so much more than usual that I'm like oh, I fucking like you. Like, I think that you're a person. I think that you've actually
1: experienced things. I think that you're ready to marry her. And again, not to like qualify people's trauma, but I feel like- the men on the season, not only have they experienced more, but they're also very eloquent speakers. Like everybody who has spoken about what they've dealt with has done so really gracefully. And I say that knowing full well that one of them will fuck it up and I'll be putting my foot in my mouth because one of them is going to say something dumb soon.
2: I also think Tasha's has done a great job of creating back and forth conversations, which I feel like we don't get a lot on The Bachelor or Bachelorette when it comes to the serious stuff. Like they go back and forth about like how they're falling for each other for like five minutes talking to Zach. She like asked him, I feel like you had to like work really hard to get your family's trust back after what you went through or last week. It was Ivan was the one who was kind of pushing on Taysha, like, you know, how do you think this year's affected you? And I just feel like we were seeing so much more like emotional release and just kind of like telling a story and like putting it on the other person, like they're engaging with it more than I feel like we've seen in the past.
1: I feel like I'm watching more actual relationships unfold than we normally see on the show. My biggest problem
0: with the show is that I always feel like everyone is trying to fit the mold of what the lead wants and they're never actually expressing who they are. And this is a note I had on Ben tonight is I'm like, what's his personality other than loving Tasha? I wanna learn who these people are beyond just wanting the approval of this one person and that's what causes the relationships not to last a lot of times they break up and you're like well the whole show was you (laughs) trying to appeal to this person and now you can't even be who you are are you actually being yourself are you actually being a person are you being authentic or are you just trying to appeal or are
1: you trying to get that fabfitfun brand deal which I get is yes. and
0: respect. I respect <laughs> that hustle, baby. Honestly, fun, DM me. I think anyway. that that's what we often see. That's what was refreshing about Zach C being like, I've gone through things. I am a person and I'm a person beyond this
1: show. That day ends, he gets the rose, um, not shockingly whatsoever. There's a little Ferris wheel set up at the La Quinta. He um, pulls
2: the giant fake lever. And then somebody on a headset somewhere else slipped the switch and lights went on.
1: Some out-of-work stage manager somewhere was yeah, like on a headset. The bachelor
2: creates jobs.
1: Well, that was personal. Anyway. But, and then the one-on-one ends with the most concerning thing that I've heard all season. Tasha looks directly at the camera and says, my heart is racing and I have shortness of breath. And they're supposed to be in a COVID bubble. So that was very alarming to me. I hope that Noah, the COVID nurse, was making his skills that useful in that moment. Noah is like running an on-site rapid test in the La Quinta parking lot. And Bennett attends the most, which is the irony of their rivalry.
2: Do you think Noah was as part of the bubble as like a traveling nurse? And then they had to switch the bachelor and like, Noah, you're like a good looking guy. Just come on, come on in. They were like, the you fence. Know we need one more guy. You no, it's like, I got it.
1: I like really mean this in the least rude way possible because I don't know how things like this work. But like- weren't there more important things for a COVID nurse to be doing this summer than being on the bachelorette there was like a nationwide shortage of healthcare workers because they were battling a global pandemic it seems like there were other things that Noah should have been doing this well summer. I think that's what
0: we should remember when we're like oh we can't talk shit about him because he's a COVID nurse but it's like yeah he's a COVID nurse who took two months off to go on the
1: bachelorette I so was- how good of a guy is he and we move on to the group date
2: um this group date rocks
1: yeah it got um, real it got real i was expecting jojo to host the group date because that's what the host of this show does but jojo was nowhere to be found She was probably getting swabbed for COVID. We have a weird woman running the date. Whenever they have these weird people on the show, I always wonder if it is supposed to be someone that I know. Well, they're also, Um,
2: they're in a COVID bubble at La Quinta. So like these nude artists are just, they're like unpaid interns who are like, well, you're doing this for this date today. Today, your job is to be a nude model.
1: They're the front desk check-in people. In the beginning, they all think they're getting naked and it's really funny. And we kind of get these like uh, PTSD flashbacks to Claire making them strip naked and play dodgeball. And... And Blake, like, gets a little too mad, you know? Like, I understand the annoyance of, like, how many times do I have to get naked on national television? But Blake is, like, like
2: a little too aggro about it. And he sculpted a clay penis.
0: Dude, Blake needs to go home and then directly to (laughs) horny jail, dude. I can't stand him. Blake is like, but I don't want to strip naked. Puppy dog eyes, maybe I do. And Mar
1: is like like this kind of sucks but like okay all of
0: the rest of the guys are like i'm hot as shit and blake is like oh no
1: <laughs> the only note that i put here is that bennett really annoys the fuck out of me yeah
2: no bennett bennett sucks the fans are wrong huh, i don't make the rules
1: <laughs> he went to harvard and he can't spell limousine haha <laughs> funny but now it's like no now he's just a douche
0: i've been here for bennett for the bit for a while now i've been like i love jokes and he's been providing them so i'm like, okay, great. But now I think you're condescending and I think you're kind of a douche and I think you should
1: go home.
2: One of my notes from the sculpture section is just that Bennett is a gross elitist.
1: I know we already called attention to the fact that we're in a global pandemic and Noah is a nurse and is on The Bachelorette, but also we're in the middle of a global pandemic and like a lot of people have been laid off. So maybe don't talk about the nine homes. And I'm not saying like that everybody's life should revolve around the global pandemic, but I just think there just needs no to it, be like a no
0: layer, layer of
2: sensitivity. It,
0: like a hint of sensitivity. to like the fact that people are laid off, the fact that people have died, the fact that people are experiencing things. I
2: would say even in a non-COVID time, please don't brag about your four homes.
1: And the kiss when they had to blindfold and make things out of clay and then it just decides like full send, I'm gonna make out with Tasha. Um,
0: inappropriate, not consensual, Get out of town, sir. Yeah. Get out of town. Pack your belongings. It's Someone like kissed of me while I was blindfolded. I would arrest them. It was inappropriate. <laughs> I did not
1: care for it. At Sean, all. your thoughts on men like this?
2: I have not kissed many guys who go for the tongue first. <laughs> um so I, I can't can't speak from experience, but Bennett sucks. For for that reason, for a number of other reasons, it's uh that and to, it's a no from me
1: like moines as we mentioned makes a clay penis to describe his relationship with Tasha. first of all he should have been sent home right then and there he's <laughs>
2: literally like what was the prompt I, for the sculpture i missed the prompt something that
1: symbolizes their relationship with Tasha.
2: awesome horrible That's horrible <laughs>
0: So basically he was like, what is the worst thing I could do? And he did it. (laughs) I already hate Blake. If you heard the last episode, it's all me being like, Blake sucks. Send Blake home. Blake is the worst. Him doing that? I can't even say it was the nail in the coffin (laughs) because the nail in the coffin already happened. This was like six feet underground, them pouring the dirt over. You've never even spoken to her and you're going to sculpt your dick out of clay. It's every guy at a frat party who I've kissed
1: in a basement and then later gone home in an Uber being like, why did I do that? Blake Moines makes his own penis out of clay. And then Spencer in his, in the moment interview with producers says, He reveals that Blake is obsessed with sex. Now, Spencer got the first impression, Rose, and then we never saw him again until this moment.
0: I have never seen any of these men
1: before Taysha arrived. Ben gets up and he's been talking the entire time about being nervous um, to talk to Taysha or reveal these like personal things about himself. And he decides to go outside, put on a robe, come back in, drop the robe, and he is naked. I feel many types of ways about this, but the way that I'm going to speak about this first is prior to his kind of confessional later, when it first happened, I did not like it, it made me very uncomfy, because she's obviously attracted to Ben so she was into it. But if a guy she was not attracted to did that, it would be predatory. Imagine if Ed had done it, dude. Even if a woman did that, I'd be like, that's predatory. Don't get naked when no one's asking you to get naked. The assignment is not to get naked. You said this. If it had been someone she's not into, we would have been like, uh oh. But it was all the police. That- <laughs> Sean, how did you feel about this moment? <laughs>
2: Well, first of all, I was making notes. So Ben was last, right? So I did a little note on everybody's self-portrait. So Noah, like, you know, no one did an actual portrait, right? Besides my
0: My only note other than Ben was chanting, Brandon, Brandon, (laughs) Brandon. Continue, Sean.
2: So Ben had a, he held up a fantastic self-portrait. And then immediately put it down took off all his clothes. Brandon held up a frame of, like, a frame of wood. Blake flexing his, like, wildlife manager knowledge and, like, talking about turtle doves. Bennett did, like, a, oh, it like a fucking needlepoint of the heart. Like, Bennett sucks. No one did a portrait. Ben came in with this, like, fully realized, like, amazing, beautiful self-portrait and then didn't talk about it at all.
1: Even just the way that we're talking about it is different. Like, Blake made a penis out of clay and because we hate, Like, we're like, it was disgusting, it was horrible, it was offensive. And Ben, who we like, we're like, yeah, it was kind of weird. I wish he hadn't done it, but oh well.
2: They didn't really edit it as if it was weird, though. Did you guys feel maybe like I think I caught a montage of like the guys like staring really like dreamily at Ben? Like, there was a shot of Spencer, like, really like giving like lovey eyes.
1: Taisha was so moved by this. And I think that even though she's into Ben, I think it would be difficult to be that moved by it unless he had said something while he was up there that got cut. So basically they go to the cocktail party portion and just to kind of wrap it all up before we go into the last one-on-one, Ben reveals to Tasha that he has struggled with bulimia for 10 years. At age 15, he discovered girls and he realized that girls don't like the fat guy. And so then he struggled with body image issues, which led to having bulimia for 10 years. So this is kind of the second time this episode that we kind of have one of the guys, and he's, Ben's not even on a one-on-one, this is just after the group date, kind of talking to her about something seriously traumatic that has happened to them. I think all that we just said about Ben getting naked and stuff and how weird it was, I think it all kind of became a little more clear why that was such a big deal because obviously his body image is something that he's really struggled with. And so to get naked in front of her and the other guys and on TV is clearly different for him than just taking his dick out on TV.
0: I've liked Ben since day one. My king, Benny Wise. It's the most human I've seen him. It's the most like vulnerable and him being like, this is my experience. I, I literally texted Kayla earlier in the episode and was like, I want to see more of like his vulnerability. And that's what we got. And now what I'm looking for from Ben is like really his fun side, because I think what Tasha is looking for is someone who's really fun. And I think that we will get that from him. So it was refreshing to see kind of who he is as a person. And it really clarified that earlier moment because we were all kind of like, why did you get naked?
2: I think he's also being teed up for like a nice, like, later half of the season because so I feel like they've been like kind of showing us a lot of footage of ben revving his engine almost for like three episodes now it's like for no real action the group date rose cocktail party and nothing happened then they've talked about it the next episode then this he then he went to her room and they've just kind of been letting us like really like Weaving out like a story for him I feel like
1: he's very much getting like a front runner edit because there have been people like this before in the past like I remember in Colton's season particularly like Cassie didn't get a one-on-one until really late in the season but it was like very clear the entire time that she was a front runner and you know who was also like that Tyler Cameron was also kind of like that we didn't see very much of Tyler Cameron until later in the season I think you know before we kind of get off the topic of Ben I know that you know like last week we talked about with Ivan like the importance of some of these conversations being aired I feel like like Ben revealing his eating disorder is a really really important conversation especially for ABC because we've had women on the show reveal that they have eating disorders and stuff before but I think sometimes it gets very glossed over that it's a very real problem for men too and I feel like a lot of people look at a guy like Ben it's easy to look at him the same way that we look at like quote typically hot Girls, and we just kind of see what we want to see. And like, you don't see that the struggle that went into that or how the, the mental state and the mental toll that that can take on people. And I feel like we don't hear men talk about their eating disorders a lot, even though they are very prevalent. I know that I personally have never heard a male contestant from this show talk about having an eating disorder, even though I'm sure. He's not alone in that.
0: I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, it was upsetting because it's sad to hear, but it's important that men also have these conversations because I think what we associate eating disorders with, it's usually women, which a lot of women experience disordered eating, but a lot of men do too. And we don't talk about that. So it was nice to actually have a contestant talk about it. And again, like we said last week, to actually have ABC air it. It was not nice to hear because i I hate that we
1: keep using the word refreshing when we talk about people revealing their innermost trauma
0: (laughs) it's like shitty because i'm like it's not refreshing to hear about people suffering but it's refreshing to see abc air it on the group date noah wore a henley why did he wear a henley everyone else looked so nice and he wore a henley it was so weird and it didn't fit him well
2: was this the red the red shirt yeah yeah, yeah it, was, it was it was jarring yeah it didn't
1: look good i wish that someone would tell ben to stop wearing scoop necks who's permitting it like oh, it's like the ad what's that ad that's like for is, fruit
0: is it the, of the dirty loom? and one? it shows like yes it shows like this is the shirt you're wearing now you should get fruit of the loom he's the before <laughs>
1: So one of the small businesses that we're going to be highlighting this week is called Solidarity Styles, which was created by our good friend Kaylee. Solidarity Styles sells tie dyed items such as hoodies, long and short sleeve t shirts, and masks, all to raise money for various Black Lives Matter related causes. All net proceeds are donated. Purchasing an item from Solidarity Styles is just one simple way to stand in solidarity. Just saying Black Lives Matter is not enough anymore. We need to use our words and actions to speak out and stand up for the Black community who is constantly being silenced and pushed aside. All items can be purchased through their Instagram at Solidarity Styles underscore, and a new batch of items will be sold before Christmas so be on the lookout so like we said this was started by our good friend Kaylee she does this all by herself she hand dyes all of the products so because of that it gets released in batches so you want to make sure that you go follow at solidarity styles underscore on Instagram and turn those post notifications on so that way when Kaylee releases a new batch of stuff you can be sure to get your hands on it then we go to the last date portion. Well, kind of, because we get a weird do on one, but the last date goes to easy. It's a one-on-one. He gets done dirty with a one-on-one on The Bachelor. First of all, because he gets sent home, but second of all, because it's a terrible date. It's like after dark at the La Quinta, they didn't want to pay the film crew to stay late. So they're filming- Again,
0: it was filmed on an iPhone one again. I was like, like, what was your
1: budget for this season? 59 cents? Can we pull out a camera, please? They're pulling out all the stops for Matt James season. And they're like, we can make some budget cuts at the La Quinta.
0: (laughs) They really were like, oh, none of the camera guys are awake. That's too bad. Send out the guys with their iPhone ones. (laughs)
2: lights are all turned off they had a like you know they couldn't pay over time for the tech guys to say so it's fully dark uh you can they're filming you can see Tasha's holding a camera and she, they're also filming her holding the camera it's like colton doing like the like snapchat story like vlogs <laughs> of his bed and his season
1: The whole episode, I couldn't see a damn thing. There's no excuse either because like Nick Vile had a date similar to this in a haunted house, but like they had a film crew. And even though it was dark in the house, like they still had real cameras and we could see what was going on. I really think like someone on the production team got COVID and called out and like there was just nobody to man (laughs) the cameras. It
0: was simply Jojo with an iPhone. Like,
1: I guess I'll run around.
2: This haunted house date is not not what they were hoping for. Yeah, does not Uh, do it for me.
1: And then the day is cute. They go hunting for ghosts around the property. The La Quinta property is definitely not haunted. This was all made up stories for (laughs) them to have an excuse to traipse around the property. What
2: are you talking about? The ghost of William Morgan's out there, I promise.
1: It's very Blair Witch. It's very stupid and weird. Um, We fast forward to the dinner portion where normally we would learn something more serious about Easy, but we do not because he jumps the gun, says that he's falling in love with her, and then she says that she can't get there. And she does my least favorite thing in the world in Bachelor Nation, which is when they pick up the rose to not give it to them. It is particularly brutal and cruel. And it happens all the time. I'm sure they're forced to do it. But every time a contestant picks up the rose to then not give them the rose, it's My mom
0: said the same thing. She was like, why would you pick up the rose if you weren't going to choose them? And I was like, you're not even wrong, Martha. She knows she doesn't feel this way. It's fine. But I was like, Why did you pick up the rose as if you were going to give it to him and then be like, but actually
2: she got me. I was fooled.
0: Because they had like a fun date. I was like, oh, they're having a good time. Like, I think he's surely going to get the rose. And then she was surely
2: "Mm."
1: (laughs) at this juncture, I would be remiss if I did not bring up that easy, who is a fan favorite this season, has some pretty serious sexual assault allegations against him. Now, allegedly, ABC ran an investigation that was deemed inconclusive. However, here on Don't Insult My Intelligence podcast, we listen to and believe women and if someone is accusing easy of sexual assault, I'm, inclined to believe that it is true despite the fact that
2: the investigation came up inconclusive what investigation abc is a tv (laughs) company
0: the investigation was reality steve
2: one of their covid bubble cops is on the case
0: but
1: i do believe the person who accused him i don't have all of the information from what i understand of the allegations it was a very classic he said she said college scenario in which she says it was not consensual he says that it was and due to the fact that. That we will never have any proof that's why they deemed it inconclusive like how is it ever going to be proved one way or the other but because of that reality steve is inclined to believe that he will be excluded from any future spin-offs like paradise or anything like that
2: that puts an end to easy sean did not see this coming and i did it easy brownie face.
0: are shouting out another podcast today they are part of our up-and-coming podcast family almost cool podcast was started by my friend martin and his friend jordan it is a comedy podcast where they discuss their experiences and relate them to common issues that i think everyone can relate to they dropped their first four episodes this past friday it is very funny please go give it a listen give them a follow on instagram at almost cool pod and tell them we sent you
1: Now we're going to round out this episode with Jojo coming to the guys and saying, Hey guys, I know that you want to go to a cocktail party and there's going to be one. But first we're going to have a two-on-one between Bennett and Noah. Bennett acts like this is the first he's ever heard of a disagreement with Noah. (laughs) He can't believe it's happening.
0: Bennett has been dunking on Noah for the last three weeks. Like you're immature, you're a dick and you have a mustache. And then he came into this date like, Noah has a problem with me? Never have I heard of it. Bennett, are you okay? Wake up, babe. It was crazy. He literally was like, I didn't even know that there was a problem. And Noah was like,
1: I didn't go to Harvard, but I'm going to go ahead and say that it's pretty obvious that there's a problem. So we go into this two on one. I can't decide how I feel. Are you okay?
0: Yeah, I'm laughing my ass off
1: about what's about to happen. I can't decide how I feel about Noah because Noah lied to Tasha last episode or the episode before whatever. And he made a giant scene out of nothing and he lied and we don't fuck with liars. But at the same time, I feel as though we are getting a very skewed edit of Noah because there is not a clear villain of Tasha's season. Like nobody is standing out really as being a bad dude. The only one that really was, was Yosef. And we got rid of him before Claire even left. So nobody on Tasha's season is really standing out as a bad guy. So they've had to make these weird narratives out of like Chasen and noah who are not necessarily (laughs) bad guys ed is ed is simply
0: a brick and they were like he's the villain and we were like i don't think that
1: there's any brain cells i think he's an empty skull (laughs) the guys they're trying to make into the villain are not actually villains is Noah a guy that i would want to date no but do i think that noah is like scum of the earth worst contestant we've ever had on this show like they're trying to make him out to be no
2: i think the only thing he did wrong on the infamous group date episode was take her first. I think the defense jump thing, like everyone get over yourself. He you shouldn't have taken her first, big mistake. He got the rose, whatever, that's on tasha I think what happened the past episodes is he like, he's the kind of guy who like said a dumb thing. Like when he was with tasha he got caught up in a moment, said something stupid, that he didn't really mean and didn't really know how it was gonna get reacted to by her. So he said one stupid thing and then that got carried away. And like Bennett, is reacting in the way that Bennett actually is, which is like a pompous douchebag. I mean, Nick Vile
1: says it all the time on like his podcasts and stuff. And I feel like it makes sense. Like he always says like your favorite people from the show aren't as great as they seem. and the worst people from the show aren't as bad as they seem like everybody gets these very dramatized edits in one direction or the other. I mean, we saw it with Blake Quartzman, right? Like he was Becca's second place guy. And we were all like, Oh my God, Angel Blake, nicest Blake. And then he went on paradise. And we were all like, Blake is the worst. Like everyone turns on a dime.
0: Moving on into this two on one, Bennett gives Noah a gift or whatever. And it's like,
1: Oh, it's this cute started strong.
0: it's right he he started off good he started off with a bandana he was like it's red I hope there's no bad blood we were like okay kind of go fuck yourself but you're you're like on. okay
1: he only had access to the store at the La Quinta lobby so he's going for I literally was, he was like mm, he's doing his best considering
2: that he did a pretty damn good job
0: he did a good job and then he said these are mustache socks I wore them last week mustaches should only be worn on your feet I thought that, that, was, that fucking- was funny
2: I, I laughed I, I, like I that.
0: laughed no offense Sean Sean has a mustache right now we don't know I to talk it. about it
2: I liked it no I like the joke
0: I think the mustache socks were funny and then he pulled out a book that was about emotional intelligence and that's Taylor where he Nolan. lost us all you didn't have to talk down to him this way you didn't have to make yourself yeah this the is the guy. thing. Like,
1: this is the thing Noah is 25 years old which they keep making that seem like Noah is 17 years old. Noah's 25 years old. He is a frontline nurse.
2: He's, he's a embattled. registered travel nurse.
1: What I am saying is like, he's not like sitting home in his underwear, 17 years old, playing at clocks all day. If, if Bennett really truly believes that he is so far superior to Noah and Noah is this immature child then he shouldn't have to say anything to him. If you're that confident, okay, then just go into the date confident, knowing that you're gonna leave with a rose. Like, why do you have to turn this into this like weird shame thing with Noah? Bennett feels this need and we saw this already where he was like, I went to
0: Harvard. We were like, congrats, do you want a cookie? He thinks that he's so above all these people and he thinks he's so above Noah that he was like, I got you a gift and it's all this condescending shit I think it's so annoying. I think they sh- both should go home.
1: To round out this date, Tasha comes in, just taking in all of this. And she says, is this what it's like when I'm not here? This is teenage boy stuff. I feel like sometimes leads, even when it's two girls and the guy is a lead. Like I remember when like Kalen and Hannah Brown had all their beef, like Colton inserted himself into the middle of it so hard and wanted to understand everything that was going on. And he was like, like let you- me mediate. <laughs>
2: Like, that was weird
1: yeah he was like he was like do you have videos from your pageants that you could show me so I can dissect and now he has a restraining order so we see where that led but like I appreciated that tasha came in she took in about 30 seconds of it and was <laughs> like you guys are grown men figure it out
2: real quickly how do you, how did you guys think Noah handled this last like the gift giving
1: I actually think he handled it very maturely I think his last blunder has made him more aware of what he says. He was much more mature in this context than Bennett. Bennett in giving him this gift is actually making Noah look more mature and better than he ever has on this
2: show. The one element that Bennett said Noah had was like self-management, right? Which like Noah proved by managing himself very well during that horribly condescending thing.
0: Just moving into who we think is going to go home because we don't know who's going to go
1: home. Sean, not to do not let your bachelor fantasy league play into your predictions.
2: I shan't um, from the two on one specifically. I think
1: just in general. Who do we? The whole episode.
0: Who do you think in the rose ceremony is going to go home?
2: Okay, I think on the two on one, if one of them goes opposed to two of them going, I think Bennett goes for sure. From the rest of the guys, I think it is time to say goodbye to Blake. I think it's time to say goodbye to Ed.
1: If Blake, Ed, and Bennett all go home next week, I swear to God, Emily's going to like post her nudes on our Instagram. I have been waiting. I'm like, Ed, go home. Blake, go home.
0: I think that they're so boring. I think Blake is so annoying with his penis sculpture. I think that- bennett is so annoying with his condescension and i think that ed is so annoying with everything about
1: him i think spencer also has a chance of going yeah home. i we've not seen spencer at all and i also as much as i like him and i i wish that he would go farther we've not seen really anything of damar
2: his uh his mocha latte song sort of should have won that date
1: okay last thing before we we over and out here who are our predictions for top four sean's
0: first sean's first
2: oh my lord um he's like don't worry let me pull
1: up my chart that i think
2: final four i'm gonna say i'm gonna say ben brendan i think noah's gonna be in hometowns so i just have a feeling he's gonna be like that's like the way we're going with it i don't think he should be i'm just saying i think that's where we're going with this
1: you're missing sweet angel baby ivan
2: oh thank you thank you the one the one that i said in the first minute yeah. of the podcast that's my final four pick
1: I think Zach C is in there. I I think your final four is great, except I sub Noah for Zach C. I think it's Ben, Ivan, Zach C, and Brendan. I concur. Um, But yeah, anyway, that's the episode. There was really no Bachelor Nation news that happened at least nothing that mattered because Caitlin Bristow won Dancing with the Stars last week, which will carry me through the next six months. So Sean, we'll bring you back for time. another another pivotal episode. I'm thinking maybe you come back for Hometowns, you come back for Fantasy Suites, something along those veins, you know?
2: I'll come back whenever you you let me know.
1: They're going to want to know how your fantasy league is going. So thank you so well, much for being for here, coming, Sean. Sean.
0: Thank you all for listening. Please leave a review unless it's negative. Only if it's nice. If it's negative, it will promptly be deleted. Thank you so much.